It is the, the uh, second reading from the book of Acts, the second chapter that takes us into the message this morning. I invite you to take that in hand, to refer to it from time to time, and to begin with a word of prayer. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. And that Redeemer, Jesus Christ, dear fellow saints of the Most High God, Pentecost is often referred to as the birthday of the New Testament church. And so I want to take us back to another significant birthday upon which Pentecost is based and followed, and that's Christmas. Because two Christmases ago, I was gifted by my grandchildren Hannah and Noah with a Jeff Foxworthy redneck calendar. And I'd like to share some of those gems with you. You might be a redneck if you know how many bales of hay your car will hold. You might be a redneck if you come back from the city dump with more than you took there. You might be a redneck if your grandma was asked to leave the bingo game because of the language she used. That calendar got me going, thinking about today being Pentecost. So I did a little reach search, and I was not disappointed. You might belong to a redneck church if the high notes on the organ set the hunting dogs there a-howling. You might be a member of a redneck church if baptism is referred to as branding and the baptismal font is a number two galvanized wash tub, you might be a member of a redneck church if a fellow member asks to be buried in his pickup truck because there ain't a hole that that truck's ever not been able to get out of. You might be a member of a redneck church if the pastor asks Bubba to get up and help with the offering and four men and three gals stand up to do so. And the collection plates are really hubcaps from a 56 Chevy. And finally, you might be a member of a redneck church if the pastor and his wife drive matching pickup trucks. Why is it still acceptable in our politically correct society to make fun of rednecks? Perhaps it's because rednecks make fun of themselves. The show Hee Haw, made by rednecks for rednecks, is still syndicated on television. And so perhaps that gives us license to make fun of them because they make fun of themselves. Now, why in the world would I be talking about rednecks on Pentecost? It's because Galilee was the cultural equivalent of redneck country in the time of Jesus. You could always tell a Galilean by his or her accent. Galileans, scholars tell us, 
had difficulty pronouncing gutturals and had a habit of swallowing syllables when talking. They might say things like running instead of running or hunting instead of hunting. They might say far for fire. And so if they tell you, look at that fire truck, you might look right past it. They were looked upon as being provincial, backward, even a little slow. When Peter stood in the courtyard while Jesus was being interrogated by the high priest and Pilate, a servant girl knew that he was one of Jesus' disciples because of his accent. His Galilean accent gave him away. So now put yourself in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. Here are these Galileans, these rednecks, these little Abner lookalikes, suddenly speaking eloquently in foreign languages, speaking the equivalent of German and French, Arabic and Ethiopian, and they're speaking so flawlessly and fluently that the folks hearing them, people who came from all over the then known world, understood them perfectly in their own tongue. Can you imagine Jed Clampett of the Beverly Hillbillies suddenly bursting forth in fluent Greek? Or Gomer Pyle, my youth look-alike, suddenly speaking in fluent Latin? Or how about Hee-Haw's junior sample saying, Guten Tag, mein Herr, as if German were his native tongue? If you can imagine that a group of rednecks with limited or no education could suddenly speak exotic foreign languages, then you can imagine the scene in Jerusalem on that first Pentecost. No wonder the crowds who heard them speaking were stunned. No wonder that event had such impact. No wonder when Peter stood up to preach, thousands listened and were converted. This was dramatic. This was extraordinary. This was unbelievable. These country bumpkins suddenly became remarkable communicators, articulate ambassadors for Christ by the power and working of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament today, we heard the account of the Tower of Babel where God confused language because mankind in his sin became arrogant and wanted to stay in one place rather than follow his will of filling all the earth. And I'll contrast that scene with this one on Pentecost. Here again, people were gathered from all over the earth, but they already spoke in different languages. It's really the reverse of the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel represents humanity's alienation from one another and God, but Pentecost represents humanity's coming back together in Christ under the power and direction of the Holy Spirit. Coming to God, putting together what was once torn asunder under the Lordship of Jesus. A later, more sophisticated and educated spokesman for God, the Apostle Paul, 
would write, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. Redneck or scholar, young or old, man or woman, wealthy or poor, grade school, high school or college graduate, red or yellow, black or white, it doesn't matter. What matters is God. Pentecost is from God. Pentecost is not a man-made event orchestrated by us. It's a gift from on high. The crowd in Jerusalem understood that. When they heard the disciples preach, they knew that something extraordinary was taking place. Men from such deprived backgrounds don't suddenly obtain such amazing rhetorical abilities. Something different, something dramatic was happening. Something from God. We still need that insight today. We need a consciousness that God is at work in his world and in us. Even more importantly, we need a consciousness that that power is available to us. If God can use these humble Galileans, then he can use you and me, any of us, each of us, all of us, no matter who we are, where we came from, what our background. That's the beauty of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit was now given to all, to each and every believer. No one is left out. No one is left behind. Some of you might be familiar with the name Tracy Bailey, a young man from Goshen, Indiana, who was very talented, very well known and liked in his community, who finally in his life discovered God's power still at work in the world and in him. But it came about only after Tracy had broken his parents' heart and shocked his disbelieving community because they learned one day that Tracy, the captain of the wrestling team, the member of the student council, a great student, a good student from a well-liked church-going Bailey family, had been one of those teens involved in a devastating va va vandalism attack on the high school. He'd fallen in with an unruly group that fueled their rebelliousness, their frequent petty vandalism and thefts with alcohol. But one night they took it a bit far, and in a drunken frenzy they entered the high school and they tore apart the whole place, each and every classroom. So now the judge wanted to hold them up to the community and others as examples. And this wouldn't be a slap on the wrist. No, Tracy was sentenced to five years in juvenile detention, more like a prison than a youth home. And while there, Tracy was determined not to bend, not to give an inch. He would be tough. He would never admit defeat no matter how much he was hurting. But during a stint in solitary confinement, Tracy managed to catch a glimpse of himself in a mirror he walked by, and the sight shocked him. He didn't look, just look hardened. 
deadened would be more like it. And Tracy knew that the deadness was reaching down into his very soul. And in that moment, all of his toughness melted away. And tears began to flow as he prayed to God, admitting his defeat, repenting of his sin, asking for help. And Tracy knew that God heard him. He couldn't remember how long he prayed, but he did remember that one of his guards offered to pray with him. And then someone gave him a Gideon Bible, and soon he joined a prison Bible study. And after he was released early from the Center for Good Behavior, Tracy worked for a few months to pay off his debts and make restitution to the school that he had vandalized, and then entered college, studying for an education degree in science and math because he had decided he would pay back his hometown and society by becoming a good role model for other confused young people. He would become a teacher. And in 1993, Tracy Bailey was recognized at the White House as the National Teacher of the Year. Rednecks speak foreign languages fluently. A young man in prison studies the Bible and later becomes the National Teacher of the Year. Do such things really still happen in this world? And the answer is yes. Yes, they do. For God is alive, and he is at work among us and within us. Regardless of who we are and what we've done, he opens the door for a new beginning in Christ. Pentecost is a celebration of God's Holy Spirit being bestowed upon us. A celebration of God's God at work in our world and in his church. And you and I have a place in that ongoing story. We don't have to be rednecks for God to use us in such a dramatic way. In fact, most of us have more advantages than did Peter and the apostles. Most of us are well-educated. We're relatively We're people with an amazing abundance of talents and opportunities. We have so much potential. And yet we have so often settled for so little in terms of performance. But the good news of the gospel is that it's not too late. Every day is a new beginning in the power of the Spirit and in the grace of our baptism. The fire of God is still available to us on a daily basis. And God can still do great things in us and with us, among us, as a body of believers here at Zion. The wind of God, thankfully, is blowing in this world. The Spirit of God is working and has been ever since Pentecost. People of every nation, every language, every race are still coming to Christ in unprecedented numbers. Certainly in Africa and in the Mideast and even in Eastern Europe with all that conflict and turmoil and all those refugees, we hear miraculous stories of people from other faiths being baptized and coming to Jesus. And yet Christ still needs ambassadors 
in his world. And they may be male or female, brown or yellow, black or white. They may be rich or poor, generation X, Y, or Z, millennials or boomers. They can be college educated, yes. They may even be rednecks. Really makes no difference to God. God can use anyone and everyone in whom the Spirit breathes and moves to take seriously the name of the Lord Jesus Christ upon themselves as Lord and Savior. An amazing thing happened that first Pentecost. A group of rednecks was used by God to start a faith revolution. That revolution continues today. And it's a revolution that by the power and grace of God is still turning the world on its head and hearts topsy-turvy back to their God. Pentecost is our Lord's invitation through the working of his Holy Spirit for you and me and all to join in that joyful revolution. May it be so by his grace and power. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.